Hello. The sands of time have brought us together once again. Through the hourglass of destiny and the... These are the days of our lives? I don't know. What is... Is that... (laughs) Is that what that's from? Is that what that reference is? Or am I just making shit up? I thought I was making shit up, but I must have been like, you know, completely uh, plagiarizing the Days of Our Lives intro. <laughs> Doesn't the Days of Our Lives have a weird intro like that? Yeah, no. yeah. It's it's through the sands of the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. Or like the sound. sound. Oh, like yeah. Like the sands through an hourglass. <laughs> Yeah, I want to do this professionally. Hey, everybody, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> it is like the sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yes, yes. <laughs> high art. Yes. Nothing but high art. High fashion. Podcast. Hello, yes, high fashion. High fashion. <laughs> Hello, all. Welcome to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, that's right. So, um... Did you see the new Kendrick Lamar video? Um, I saw the clip that was going around on uh, Twitter. I didn't see the whole video. It's freaky. It It is. I really, really don't like that those face app, what is it, deep fakes? Deep fakes, yeah. I don't like that they're both easy to do now and kind of normal and even legal. Like they don't, they don't seem like they should be legal, right? To use yeah. someone's image like that. Yeah. We've, we've discussed this very briefly in the past and we were just marveling at the one, uh, on TikTok of the guy that does the, uh, the Tom Cruise impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's half talent and half deep fake. And it's just uncanny to see that. I mean, it's a little off. Like you can see, like there's, there's a certain shine to it, and the same is present in the Kendrick Lamar video for some right. of the uh, the parties that he's parrot. Not I can't even say parroting, just you know mimicking. I, did it seem like it? Now I don't know if he got permission. Kendrick Lamar seems like a really good dude. He probably did. I don't know, but did it seem kind of inappropriate that he used Kobe's image? His visits. I, I am curious about that. It it's it's art. You know, with Kendrick, I don't think there was any uh, malicious or any type no. of uh, ill will or, or even uh, something that was not well thought out. Because usually with him and his his art style and his work, he puts a lot of thought into what he does beforehand. And yeah. I, I believe it was done from a place of, if not just trying to put forth a certain message that I'm sure will be discussed uh, in the days ahead, um, that he did get permission from the parties who he would have to get permission from. Yeah. So, and it, it says in there that it's, um, was considered like a tribute. That's why he did it. So yeah, I'm sure the family was okay with it. I, that seems like it would be upsetting at the same time. That's a really difficult thing. Sure. I mean, I would hope that his people will at least reach out to, uh, the parties involved specifically the, the, uh, family of Nipsey hustle because, uh, you know, he's passed away and, you know, it's still a very, uh, raw, feeling for the people that lost him you know he was he was taken uh way too soon so yeah i mean for his fans and his family that's something that could make or break kendrick's reputation uh depending on how he depicted uh nipsey also i'm sure he even put a lot of thought into um the the verses that he was rhyming when he actually showed the visages, visages of these parties and i say that because you know 
when you watch a breakdown of the music he puts out there, there's so much subtext in it. He comes off right. like genius level. And no, he is. He absolutely I, is. Yeah, I don't put it lightly either. I'm not just blowing smoke. The dude is an amazing creator. Yeah, and agreed. The fact that you know he's he's so fresh and he's so relevant. I mean, at the very least, I'd put him on the same level as like Donald Glover, circa uh, you know his "This Is America" uh, video, and that you know that project. Because yeah, I mean, just the references and and the <laughs> like. There's one where he just straight up just runs circles around people with mathematical equations, and he does it in such yeah. a sly way, and he puts it in such like just basic terms that people kind of just think, oh, he's just talking about drugs and stuff. And it's like, no, he's <laughs> he's really telling you the mathematical equations of what he was doing when he was like, you know, out there. Uh, yes, in the I was under the impression that he was kind of a person who had like damn near universal acclaim whereas donald glover does have people that that don't like him yeah i mean that from what i see lately donald glover's uh main detraction is is that he doesn't give black women enough agency uh in what he does and i can agree with that i don't disagree with that at all um especially i can't speak to that at all i don't i can't you know yeah i don't know just based on like there was a recent interview that he did and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek because he interviewed himself Oh, I read that. That was weird. It was really weird. And one of the questions... He was like, are you afraid of black women or something like that? Yeah. And he said, next question or something like that, you know. Yeah. So he he likes to play into it a little bit uh, more than he should. I'll say that, in my opinion. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, he's his own person. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um I know that there's been a lot of talk because in Atlanta, the next episode features a uh, a party who um, recently passed away, whose name escapes me at the moment. I didn't even know about this guy until uh, they showed a, a preview for the next episode of Atlanta. And apparently he's a, a big, big misogynist uh, figure. So he has a lot of videos out there uh, deriding women and saying men are better and they can, you know, yeah. manipulate women in a certain way. And uh, this figure, this person, is going to be on the next episode of Atlanta as a character doing something completely different. But uh, when they showed the preview, that same night, he passed away. And it was under circumstances that... Oh, that guy. I yeah. heard something about this. I don't know anything about him, though. Yeah, me neither. So, I mean, I've learned so much about him since. Was he murdered? No, no, no. It, from what I understand, it was like a mix of, like... Um, just accelerants like he he had uh uh, you know uh viagra in his system red bull that sort of stuff you know and his heart just gave up on him yeah that's rough yeah but you know yeah yeah so there's there's a big discussion going on which i haven't really dipped the toe into but i've been observing which is people saying you know good riddance and stuff like that and then other folks saying oh well you know you shouldn't disrespect the dead and it's like well the dead disrespected me so yeah 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 yeah. i'm not saying he deserved to die i'm saying that you know what i don't really give a fuck that he's gone because he did not give a fuck about me now parties that are actively trying to hurt people and punish people and you know uh, unalive people as they say uh you know like you know, Vladimir Putin or something like that. And you wish death upon him. I completely understand that. Of you know? course, you don't really wish something like, but there are some people that you don't wish them ill will. But when it happens, you're just kind of like, anyway. Right, right. You know? it's, it's the principle of what goes around comes around. 
Right. And sometimes it does play out exactly the way that it sounds. So. Yeah, the stuff Earl was talking about. I get it. Yes, yes. <laughs> he learned from the prophet Carson Daly, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Damn, I get that. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Karma had it out for me yesterday because, and this is real trivial, but... Okay. Have I ever told you about the fact that, you know, all right, so this is this is up there mm-hmm. on the same tier as my um uh just fear, sheer terror of ET, right? Yes. Once a week, somehow, every week, I hear the song It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rob. Now how? I don't know. I don't That's know. Awful. It happens once a week, right? So for how long? I want to say the past at least decade or something like that. Jesus Christ! It could be a random occurrence, or it could be something like my good friend Archie sabotaging me and making sure that I hear it. You know? <laughs> Just oh like, well, that doesn't count. It's a running gag, but it's the universe making sure that somehow this song gets in my way at some point whether it be someone singing it or it's in a commercial or it's on a tv show like my name is earl because they played that song quite yeah. frequently on there so that contributed to the to the tally as well yeah so in relation to that tangentially i dropped my phone i do this a lot i drop my phone it's a terrible thing but i have an otter otter case so it doesn't like shatter into a million mm-hmm. pieces like iphones are prone to do so yeah. i dropped my phone last night i go to pick it up and i drop it again but i don't just drop it this time i fumble it and it falls out of my hand slides across the floor and crashes into bemo's food bowl oh therefore sloshing the water in the in the water bowl next to it all over my phone and i couldn't do anything but laugh and it was at this time like d and i were gonna head on the back porch to get some fresh air or whatever and as soon as i'm walking out of the door i hear a commercial playing it takes two i'm like karma is fucking with me oh my god it's just got it out for me so i don't know what do you think you did to deserve that man i don't know (laughs) i don't know that's what i'm like i don't I can't think of anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know me better than a lot of folks. I would think you would, you know, know. <laughs> no, I think that's just shit luck. I don't yeah. think that's karma. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have a, a like a karmic thing in that on that level of like fucking you over. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you've. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm trying to think. I'm like, what could you do? Maybe you stole someone's parking spot or something. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. that's the only thing I could think of <laughs> that you would have done that was like <laughs> shitty and it would probably be unintentional too. Right. Right. So, oh, there was one one other like recent criticism that uh, Atlanta has had, uh, which is the past two episodes, not any, not even including the one that I, that I just brought up that's coming on this week. But the past two episodes have featured those who would be considered problematic, which is uh, Liam Neeson and uh, Chet Hanks. Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah. like he's he's very much leaning into something, and we have no idea what it is that he's trying to communicate at this point. I'm going to be honest. He probably just thinks it's hilarious. Probably. And he's like, I'm already paid. And He was a comedian first, you know, like like that. You know, that's what he broke into the industry with. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, no, this is just fucking hilarious. Right. Right. So. 
I guess we'll find out what he's got in mind. Yeah. But right. yeah, I mean, it, that's a huge flex getting Liam Neeson on there. And I hope I haven't spoiled it for anybody who wants to watch it. I mean, it's pretty much common knowledge at this point. It's, it's been all over the place because how do you hide something like that? Not even like a, a caricature of him or, or someone uh, pretending to be him. It was legitimately <laughs> Liam Neeson having a conversation with Al, aka Paperboy in a, uh, in a bar called Cancel Culture. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, he brings up the incident, of course. That sounds like a little bit much, but I don't know the context of the full episode, you know. It's a it's a weird episode, and I encourage you to watch it. It was interesting. And oh, yeah, I just haven't caught up on it. Okay. Yeah. I've seen, like, a season and a half at this point. Yeah, it's something I'd love to discuss with you. It's just, it's such a yeah. weird episode. So, yeah, I'm sure this week is going to be the same. Kevin Samuels is the, is the person's name. He is a uh, very vocal misogynist. Uh, on YouTube. Well, he's not really vocal about anything now. Not at fair. all. Not at all. No. So we move on, just like the world is. What do you <laughs> want to talk about first? Um, I guess we can just talk about controversy. We have two controversial figures we can discuss. Okay. All right. Um, We're getting right into it, folks. What do What do we? You uh, want to start with the former child star or ooh. the superhero? Yeah, let's talk about the superhero because I still got to pull up a story about the child star. All right. Okay. Exclusive. This is Screen Geek, so grain of salt. The WB is considering replacing Ezra Miller as The Flash with Dylan O'Brien. Mm, okay. As controversies surround actor Ezra Miller continue to add up, many fans are anxious to know what will happen next with his, with their character, The Flash. Um, this whole article is using the incorrect pronouns. I apologize if I slip on that. I'm going to try to fix it as I go, but it is not intentional. Okay. They are a staple of the DCEU, and it was expected that they will be appearing in many films in the upcoming years. But allegations against Ezra Miller, not to mention several arrests, everyone knows that many other actors have been canceled for far less so, okay. Yeah, this article definitely has a, a slant towards a certain. Uh, there, there is a hundred percent a slant here. But it was going. It was the reason that I pulled this particular article was because it was one of the first ones I saw on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But mostly people on Twitter were like, "Hell yes, Dylan, Dylan O'Brien." So let's talk I, about let's talk about Dylan O'Brien. Who is Dylan O'Brien? Um, Dylan O'Brien was on Teen Wolf. Uh, he was the lead actor. No, he wasn't the lead actor. He was one of the supporting actors on Teen Wolf. I think he was the best friend. Was he Styles? Was he Styles on Teen Wolf? I don't remember who Styles. Styles was the best friend in the movie. That's like all I know yeah, about Teen yeah, Wolf. Yeah, I think that's who he was. I think that's who he was. That's fucking right. Um, he played the lead character in Love and Other Monsters. Recently, he was in. Um, I mean, kind of well known of like he was in the the Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift all too well music video and that was like a really big deal when he was in that because he was just he's such a he's he's kind of a weird guy okay um and incredibly talented um very you know funny I haven't I can't say I've seen him in a lot of stuff if you see his face you'll know who he is mm. you look at the article and you see his face you know who he is He's he's one of those like, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is, but you don't quite know too much about him, okay. which I think is a really beneficial thing for coming in playing a superhero, right? Absolutely. It's it's worked in uh, Ezra Miller's favor uh, initially yeah. because we didn't know who the heck they were before all this went down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And and I I don't think Grant Gustin is going to be the Flash as much as fans would love that. Yeah. I think there's too much. It's just like years ago when we were all like Tom Welling should be the Flash. I understand why Tom or uh Superman. I understand why Tom Welling wasn't Superman in Superman Returns. Like right. I get it. I get why that choice was made at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that we did not get Tom Welling uh you know yeah. in that role, but I mean Brandon Ralph at the time was facing it was an uphill battle you know we've we've Brandon gone Ralph on. was not the problem with that film. Not at we all. all know that no yeah. we've we've gone on at length about you know Brandon Routh and and his his uh, redemption arc in the real mm-hmm. world and everything but with Ezra Miller um i think it's a little bit difficult like ideally we would love to see um Grant Gustin as this character right right we would love to see Grant Gustin on the big screen it would be fantastic but the problem is which has always kind of been the case, the TV division and the movie division of uh, Warner doesn't really play well together. Um, they had to move heaven and earth to get Ezra Miller to cameo on the episode of Flash that he did during the crisis because they pretty much had to go, look, everything counts. Nothing is going to conf- conflict with continuity. We've got multiple versions no. of every character anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, DC has always communicated, Warner Brothers has always communicated about the DC properties that one of their biggest concerns is confusing the consumer. They want to have one clear vision of every character for each medium. And now they're tightening the belt even more. Now that Warner Brothers has been absorbed by Discovery and have become Warner Brothers Discovery, they want one person representing uh, each character, period, across the board. So... They're basically, I mean, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But they're running down the clock on Grant Gustin. What they're doing is is that yeah. they're just basically letting this show come to a natural conclusion, which is just beyond me because this show is done anyway. Yeah. Uh, do you CW think they're going to Do you think they're going to put Grant in the Flash movie mm. like like they did with putting Ezra I'm um, putting them in the Flash TV They show? may pay back the cameo. I could yeah. see that happening. I could, too. But uh, if anything, if that part is already filmed and done, right. then it's going to be even more confusing to just put Grant in those shoes and say, hey, look, uh, you are the one and only Flash now. Because what's I to say that, that an alternate reality version of Ezra Miller's Flash can't come and save the day or something? Right. You know, right. so people are going to complain Whatever happens, um, this just replace them this and, is an, and be done with it. I'm tired of it. It's a losing battle. If there wasn't so much hinged on this movie being a success, <laughs> right. I would say just don't even just Why? throw it away. Just throw it away. <laughs> Why is there so much hinged on it too? In the sense that like they are already restarting again with Batman. Yeah. Like, just fucking restart. I mean, yeah, they either, they have this movie. They put a lot of money into it. I guess they might as well release it. But I just, I, I, they don't have to ever do an origin story again. No one cares. Just next movie, pull an old school Batman and make it a whole new actor. There's Same one word. continuity. Who gives a shit? There's one word that can save this. And for some reason, for the past decade and change maybe even the past 20 years dc has been hesitant to use this word it's this it's the equivalent of marvel's phrase what if and that word is elseworlds that's all they have to yeah. do is put this little tiny logo on every single trailer 
for any movie that is not going to matter when they do their full line reboot. Just say, look, this is a movie. Yes, it's for fun. It doesn't count towards the overarching storyline. Some of yeah. these story pieces may bleed into other movies. Isn't that what Joker is anyway? It's an Elseworld, right? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have any bearing on the Batman. It has no right. bearing on the Justice League uh, Zack Snyder verse at all. He's just kind of off in his own little world. Right. So, yeah, it's an Elseworld story story but they don't call it that. And that's why <laughs> these these websites burn calories on basically trying to make it fit in the continuity of something. Right. Is there a possible Easter egg in the Joker that shows Batman's face in the mirror? No. It was lighting. You looked at it long enough where it became a magic eye poster and projected Batman onto that image. All right. It's not there. Right. <laughs> and also these directors, their job is to fuck with you. They know you're looking for Easter eggs. So they're going to put red herrings in there to get you right. to dig into it. Like, I saw a story, um, again, tangentially, I saw a story uh, this week about the director of the Moon Knight series who was saying, ah, you may not have seen any connections to the Marvel Universe in this miniseries. However, there are some, and you just didn't catch them yet. And it's like, mm, you want us to watch it again. You want us right. to bring those numbers up. I get it. You want a second season, so you want us to keep on tuning in There's the Moon no Knight. connection to the, the regular Marvel Universe in that Very show? Very little. And I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it just kind of, it really did make it feel like a separate thing altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. They can do that. I'm just shocked. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's good enough on its own or whatever. And there are some Marvel books that are like that, that don't cross over with the Avengers or Spider-Man or feature Wolverine on the cover. There are some Marvel books that do that. They're few and far between, but it happens, you know? One of my favorite Marvel stories was called uh, Clandestine, which is a, a family of superheroes that had a dark secret. And as we go along, we had to figure out what it was. It was a it was a maxi series, I think 12 issues. And it was in the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe. And after it was done, it was done. They didn't cross over with anybody. They put it to bed and it never came back. I just so. want to circle back to a maxi series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a mini series would be considered anything less than six issues. A maxi series, by from from what I understand from Marvel's definition of it, is something twelve issues or sometimes even more. So we're just we're just not doing phrasing anymore. <laughs> Phrasing's just gone. Okay, never mind. Anyway, moving on. Listen, sexual innuendo has no place in the world of comic books. I think we've established that quite a lot. I don't think period jokes are inherently sexual, but okay. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a thing that happens. It happens to lots of different people and is unrelated to sex. You're very right. I can't yeah. deny that. You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about... Um, I did. <sighs> this story sucks. There's yeah. no way around it. The next... The next uh, can- I don't want to say cancel culture story, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. This sucks. The, the, the self-cancel here i mean really it's nobody's fault but his own if the stories are to be believed which it does seem uh all signs point to yes fred savage uh has been fired from the abc wonder years reboot um and that has definitely happened that's not like in you know yeah in the air yeah Yeah. so fred savage uh this is according to people people.com this is the 45-year-old actor turned director made headlines last week for being fired from executive producing and directing ABC's The Wonder Years reboot, which is a 
phenomenal show. Yeah. Uh, he had faced allegations of misconduct on the show set. According to the insider, Savage is quote unquote quick to anger. Part of his process includes overshooting a common practice in the industry, but one that the source explains only makes things harder on the crew. It goes on okay. to say he works his crews pretty hard by always doing more takes than necessary. The insider says some directors just overshoot. Sometimes they feel like they didn't get the performance or want to try another angle or things like that. He overshoots and the days are longer, therefore giving more opportunities to snap at people. So it seems like the overshooting and his outbursts are two separate items. But, you know, over the years, I've heard about directors that do that sort of thing. Some directors famously, yeah. you know, go, that was great. Do it again. You know, it's kind of their thing. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think it was Kubrick is known to do like fucking hundreds of takes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think, I, in fact, I think I, I heard about that in an interview with, um, with yes. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman has talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe Tom Cruise has as well, where they, they loved working with him, but it was like an incredible strain and it lasted, the shoot was supposed to last, you know, like a three month shoot and it lasted a year and a half or some shit like that. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting to me that, you know, he, um, Fred Savage used to be like earmarked to be like one of the next big actors in Hollywood, you know, after the wonder years and yeah. everything, it was like, all right, great. He did a great job in the show. What are we going to see him do next? And he never really blew up the, that no. way. I mean, he's, he's had little, you know, projects from time to time, uh, minor rules on sitcoms that are already in progress or, you know, projects of his that he's- just never quite make it off the ground. I would argue his biggest success has been directing what he's doing here because he's he's worked for years on lots of different television shows. Yeah, this article, as a matter of fact, name drops Modern Family, Blackish, Party Down, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So, yeah. It's Always Sunny was one of the first ones I remember seeing, and I was like, Fred Savage? Is that the same Fred Savage? And then I went on IMDb at the time, and I was like, oh, my God, what? Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I didn't know he was a director. And then um, he's also featured recently uh, in a commercial with his brother, his brother Ben. Yeah. I don't even remember what the product is, but it's it's he and his brother, and they're uh, you know like it's a it's a bigger version of them or something. Yeah, I yeah. What that is for though? Something like that. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to hear this news about somebody who seems like you know, oh, he's an all American kid, and he's you know everybody's favorite. It's Fred Savage. You know his his last name is ironic. Everything's <coughs> fine, but no, apparently he is not a nice guy. So it must be really bad to fire for something like this. Yeah, yeah. Because our first so instinct is, of course, to think that it was something sexual. Right. Right. Um, the fact that he it sounds like he was fired for overshooting and then being aggressive on set and like, uh, what more is going to come out about you, bud? Right. Like, it's either that or imagine how aggressive he had to be in an aggressive, uh, you know, workplace like this to be seen as like, all right, you're too much. You got to go. Yeah. And this, of course, comes on the heels of uh, the firing from um, the Goldbergs. With Jeff Garland uh, being a you know a terror I, I on the was, set, I was trying to remember his name, but I couldn't remember. And he was, <laughs> and his accusations were, uh, uh, you know, not of sexually harassing. I don't think per se as much as sexual jokes, which I guess are. I didn't. I meant like physical sexual harassment. Right. But yeah, it just sounds like 
It sounds like a lot of guys who are um, even just a few years older, because Fred Savage isn't old by any means, but, mm-hmm. like, they just can't hang. Like, that's it. Like, they cannot evolve. And if you don't evolve and get past this bullshit, you're not going to work. Right. Plain and simple. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's no excuse, obviously. And no. I hope that he works on improving himself and really learns a lesson, but come on, it's Hollywood. You know, this is going to blow over and people are going to be like, Yeah, oh. it'll blow over. All he has to do is go to anger management classes and stuff and right. he'll be working in a few years. Right. But I mean, again, this is a guy who kind of just flies under the radar. Think, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't think necessarily, I don't think that's a bad thing either. Like, if he created a hostile work environment, he should be fired. Like, okay, right? Like, if that's what happened, then yes, he should be fired. But that situation, if he's not assaulting people, if he's not, like, endangering people on that level, he should be like, oh, shit, I have to fix my life. Go to therapy, go to, like, anger management, go tackle these things in your life, and then, yeah, you can work again if you've proven yourself in that way, if you've worked hard on yourself. Yeah, I mean, that is a very sensible a very sensible viewpoint about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a lot like John McEnroe. You know, he famously, famously was hot-tempered on the on the tennis court. And then, yeah. you know, he worked on himself. And, I mean, to be honest, time passed and, you know, standards yeah. changed. And he became uh, kind of like just a, a, a beloved figure with, you know, yeah. a little bit of an aggressive attitude. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Fred Savage. I, I, I hope he works it out. I hope he figures it out. I think the weird part about Fred Savage is he his public persona is so separate from that. Yeah. And it's weird. Someone was like, oh shit, like the Boy Meets World episode is right about him or whatever. Like, you know, like his, that's what was so shocking about that episode of Boy Meets World he was on, right? Because like you know him as like the sweet Kevin Arnold, like a sweet guy, whatever a sweet kid that turned into a sweet, like young man, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't see anything past that for Kevin, but like, that's what we know him as. And so when you have something very, you know, disturbing happen, it's, it's even more shocking. Right. Right. Where's the kid but, who was so nervous about making out with Winnie Cooper in a barn during a rainstorm? Where's that guy? You know, they fucked. Yeah. that was the finale they did yeah they were they were of age it's fine yeah yeah (laughs) no they they actually did though like the the network cut it down oh wow the actors (laughs) said that that it was like that they cut it so where it was kind of just implied but it was that was the series finale that's right yeah yeah i was very uncomfortable watching that with my parents you know (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) not the best thing in the world like oh I know what this means, but I can't tell you I know what this means because I don't want to yeah. have that conversation. That finale was sad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, he's been fired. I hope that he goes and gets help and actually works on himself and, you know, eventually yeah. can, you know, if this is a thing that he loves to do, can do it in a healthy way that does not make anyone else feel uncomfortable working with him. Right. And I hope this bears no consequence on the actors and the rest of the crew on The Wonder Years because they're doing a fantastic yeah. job. I mean, everybody from top to bottom is doing a great job on that show. I've told you before how much I love it and how much everybody should watch it, really give it a chance. It's it's not The Wonder Years you remember. 
but it's in that era and it's still a great show. Yeah. You know, it's got heart. It's funny. Uh, in spite of, you know, all the stuff that they had to fight against to get that on the screen. So, you yeah, know. it's on my list. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. But that cast, man, they, they deserve all the credit now, <laughs> even more for having to yeah, deal with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if the, the environment was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Give them all the credit in the world. I'm telling you that one, two punch Abbott elementary wonder years. It's great oh, TV. Fuck. Abbott elementary. So good. Mm-hmm. I already missed that show. I'm telling you, it's great. I've been a fan of Quentin Brunson for quite some time. You know, Black I've, sketch show. I've watched that recently. Exactly. So oh exactly. my God. Exactly. It's she's, shit. she's so good on there. And I was so disappointed when she left, but I, I get it. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, now that you see why she left, yeah, you understand it. You know, yeah. she was creating this amazing show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Robin Thede's great too, and I'm I'm glad that she's got a platform. But man, yeah. Quincy Brunson really needed to to shine. So yeah, I'm glad she got that. <laughs> well, that was kind of Robin Thede's, you know, baby of a right. show, and like, you know, this is hers. You know, Abbott Elementary is like. You know, that that's the beauty of the success of Black Lady Sketch Show is that it's opened these other doors. And mm-hmm. I think that that's probably what, you know, they all want. So that's like a beautiful thing about it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool because not only do we still get Black Lady Sketch Show, but then we get this other great show, too. So yeah. it's like double the entertainment. Yeah. Who knows how many other like not spinoffs because, you know, it's not actually a spinoff, but like how many other creation like, you know, whether it be movies, television, whatever, will come from the people that they're discovering on that. Like, the fact that that show is still very new. Yeah. Like, Black Lady Sketch Show's only got, what, three seasons? And it's already got a another a, a person from the show has created their own show that's successful. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking impressive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That speaks a lot to the talent that's involved with that show. For sure. I feel like Ashley Nicole Black, we're going to see something from her. Oh, absolutely. I feel like she's going to be the next one to kind of break away. Cause Let her take over for James Corden if she wants. There you go. There you go. They got to they gotta fill that seat with someone. Yep. Don't <laughs> yes, put another do. white boy in there. We're done with it. I mean, absolutely really. fucking not. It's so late at night. That's the time if you're, if you're nervous about the demographic. Go ahead and put, you know... <laughs> Get creative. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Definitely. Put someone fucking hilarious on there. What's Issa Rae doing? That, what is she, she doing? Oh, yeah. Is Insecure still on? Nope. It's done. Oh, bring her on. Yep. There you go. I mean, that'd kind of be a demotion for her, going from an HBO show to a late yeah. night talk show. But, you know, if she wants it, hey, why not? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's funny okay. because Larry David, not Larry David, um, Larry Sanders. The Larry Sanders show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it kind of had more credibility than any of the other late night shows on at the time because it was an HBO show. So, I mean, the production, the money being spent on it probably was of, of, of more value than what was being put into like, you know, David Letterman at the time. And was Carson still on? No. Oh. It had to be Leno at that point. The Larry Sanders show? Because yeah. it was scripted. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, you know, going from an HBO show to a late-night talk show. So I kind of, like, married the idea of doing an HBO show about a late-night talk show in my oh, head. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. kind of got away from me. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's, let's, let's hit some of these <laughs> other items on the list here. <laughs> um, Avatar 2. 
Yeah, let's talk about there something a little a, bit more recent and relevant. <laughs> Avatar there, 2. There was a trailer. <laughs> yes, it, there it was. It showed things. I still don't care. I still don't care about the blue cat people. Nope. Bro, I can't. I can't pretend to care. The I'm Smurf, sorry. The Smurf Thundercats? I don't, Do you care about this? I forget. I want to be completely 100% honest with you. I saw Avatar twice when it was in the theater because yeah. I, I, was a, I was a rube. I was a mark. I was a punk ass trick. I was a, a, a fuckaboo, a fuckaboo bonsai. I basically went twice because I wanted to see the cool 3D effects. I could okay. not give a fuck what happened in that story. I think the part with the bubbles blowing around the theater was pretty cool. I remember that. Yeah. It was like a ride. It didn't really matter what happened. We got Sigourney Weaver and we got 3D effects and I was happy. I I remember vaguely that the cats were fucking and that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um <laughs> But this this looks weird to me and I'm not really excited about it. It looks like something that is a knockoff of something else and I can't quite put a finger on it. Um Waterworld? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh it first of all i'm not a big fan and they talk about this our friends um on be your scary best talk about this as well not a huge fan of water stuff like this yeah open ocean kind of freaks me out so you're not you're not starting off on a good foot even though it can be very beautiful it can also be very unsettling the idea of seeing that on a big screen and i know it's going to be imax 3d whatever the fuck he's decided he's going to do this time with it something that's going to poison tv sales for the next decade again sure yeah yeah because everybody needed 3d tv (sighs) yeah i remember I, i can't forget I don't even like water levels in video games. I think they're a waste of time and they're always shoehorned in. This and feels they like freak me out. This feels like the water level of a game, basically. This is the one until the next one. Because we know there's gonna be a third one. So that also bothers me now because well, Avatar There's gonna be five. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be five. Apparently he's filming this Ooh. one. And the third one, and I believe, now I gotta look this up, but I believe one of them has a time jump, so he's filming parts of four. Wow. So that, um, he can, I'm looking it up, Avatar franchise, so that he can do the time jump after. Let's do the time jump. Like, you know what I mean? Like, by then he will, he will have, you know, it's been 13 years since the first one. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I learned that from your handy graphic. Yes. Yes. Um, dude, I am already sick of this shit. I don't care about Avatar yeah. 2. It's going to take a lot for me to care. And that trailer did not do it. Okay. Look, Mm-mm. it was such a unique thing when it first came out. But after a decade and change now of Marvel films that have run laps around those type of visual effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Life of Pi looked more realistic than that Avatar movie. Uh, you know, and I want to I want to go ahead and put a little addendum on there as well. It really sucks the way Hollywood treats these special effects companies. They just kind of mm-hmm. use them up and throw them out. So hopefully James Cameron is treating his VFX people a little bit better than how the, the team that did Life of Pi was treated because they basically went out of business because they went into debt. 
after doing that movie and then winning an Oscar. When they yeah. won that Oscar, they didn't exist anymore. Yeah. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so James Cameron has said that whether they make a four and a five depends on how two and three do. That's right, everybody. So the power is yours. Um, Avatar four and five are in development. Like he's hmm. working. I guess he has his plan. He's going to be doing this till he dies. Like, yeah. This is the thing that James Cameron has decided. He wants to do for the rest of his life. He's done a reverse George Lucas. Yeah. Because George Lucas got to a certain point of his life and he was like, you know what? Fuck sci-fi. I'm done. I'm out. I'm doing Turning Red. Not Turning Red. I'm doing Red Tails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Where is my mind today? I'm doing Red Tails and I'm dipping. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> you guys enjoy this shit. You can catch me up on what you're doing with my old toys. But other than that, I don't give a fuck. But James Cameron is like, yeah, I've done serious movies up until this point in my career. But you know what I'm going to do with the rest of it? Blue people. Right. Blue tall people. So apparently the Disney Fox acquisition meant that four and five were no longer greenlit. Oh. And that it would depend on how two and three do. Man, so even Disney is not bullish on this. They are a little concerned. Mm -mm. Nope. They Well, they're just not giving him a blank check although i did see someone say on twitter when this like was released like talking about this like the discourse and i i kind of agree with this yeah that if even if it's not you know financed by disney or something like that james cameron seems so passionate about it that he might do a lot of financing himself to do it like more right now it does surprise me a, a little bit that disney is not all in on this movie because as you mentioned, Avatar came out. I mean, they're they're financing two sequels. I think they are very much all in. The fact yeah. that they're not writing a blank check for four movies when it's taken him <laughs> thirteen years to get the second one, yeah, you know, I mean, it's fair to me. I've always found it odd. Okay, so the movie came out in two thousand nine, but Disney yep. decided to open up a theme park attraction, not even an attraction, an entire area of Disney's Animal Kingdom dedicated to this. In mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. I've always found that odd because it seems like, all right, the bloom is already off this rose. I, we, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> I think that this was supposed to come out like the next year. Wow. Or something like that. But it like it, it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed. And then COVID happened and that made it even worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we had to sacrifice Cat Minnie Mickey for this shit, you know, just so we could see a blue lady like, you know, show you the colors of the wind and whatnot. So... Yeah, hooray, Disney. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, what other substance does it have other than being a theme park attraction? Like, you I know? know that's a fictional character, but that sounded racist as fuck the way I said that. I just want to point that out and, and apologize, because shit, <laughs> that sounded fucked up. <laughs> like, this blue lady. Like, wow. Some alien is you're, listening to our... Uh, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're being really uh, racist towards... Blue people? Yeah, yeah. some extraterrestrial yeah. is listening to this podcast like, oh, I'm going to fuck that Matt Peters guy up. He already said yeah. he's scared of the yeah. little brown one. I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> Show him who's boss. <laughs> Lord. But yeah, it's out, or that first trailer's out. It looks like they've done some sort of real-time 
aging because they they showed like a younger kid. I want to say that's going to be their their kid, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, it it was nonsense. There's no plot given in it. It's just blue people, and look, there's still soldiers, and and <laughs> blue people on water. Other creature, high five whale. High five whale. Remember, remember blue man tall. Blue man tall. <laughs> blue. <laughs> remember blue man goes through forest. Like it's so funny. Tree? Even even going on like. You know, Wikipedia, the entire intro of, of this whole thing doesn't talk about any of the characters. It just talks about the technological advances in James Cameron. It doesn't yeah. get to like Sam Worthington until like the third paragraph. Yeah, I did. I did see something from Sam Worthington where he's like, I don't know, I'm going to be he's like, I was like you know, 28 or something. When the first movie came out, I'm going to be pushing 40 when this next one comes out. Who knows? How, like, he's just like, this is my whole life, man. So did Jake Sully, did his, did his real body die? I think so. Yeah. One? I think that was part of like him fully becoming an avatar <laughs> or I don't know. A Navi. A Navi. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he, he, his physical body had to die because he was disabled, you know? That's the premise of that movie too. Isn't that a little fucked? Let's I'm going think to back a, about that. I'm going to appropriate another culture and therefore cure myself of my disability. I'm going to steal Oof. a body. Oof. <laughs> so that I'm not disabled. That seems a little bit mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think too hard about it. Look at the bubbles. They're floating through the theater. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. amazing. Wow. Look at it go. We yeah. all went to see that movie. Like, everybody went to see that film, and no one who I talked to can remember any of this shit until they start looking deeper into it on Wikipedia. I don't. I remember that there was something called Unobtainium, and I was sitting in the theater going, <laughs> what? I remember thinking, why is Sigourney Weaver in this? It sounds like that was a placeholder in the script, and they said, fuck it, just go with it. I don't give a fuck. Let it, let it ride. Let it ride. I don't care. Sigourney I remember... Weaver, that their hair touched and that's how they had sex. Mm -hmm. And I think I mostly remember that because there's a really good 30 rock joke about it. <laughs> or like this, this rich nerd wants to pay. He wants to pay Liz Lemon to like take his virginity. Yeah. Even though he's like 40 or whatever. And he's like, is sex when the Navi, like when the Navi mold their hair together or whatever. And she was like, yes, it is. Let's do that. And then you pay me. Like, <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's move on to some good news. I know you're excited about this. 35 years later, we're getting a Dirty Dancing sequel. And I, I would back. not say I'm excited about this. That's a that's a very heavy word. <laughs> Jennifer Grey is back as the baby. Yeah. Um. I have some. I have some. Uh, I mean, given that Patrick Swayze is dead. Mm. I did not know this was happening, by the way, this movie. Yeah. I have some, I do have some thoughts, given how much I love the original Dirty Dancing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I want it to be political in some way, because okay. the original Dirty Dancing is, yes, it is about dancing. Yes, it is about, like, a woman finding herself and falling in love for the first time and everything like that. But it's also incredibly political. Um. A huge part of the plot is 
one of the girls getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, so I want, and it's also dealing with, you know, classism and all kinds. Of, there's just a lot of depth to that film. So I don't want it to just be like a step up movie that they call Dirty Dancing. You mean like Dirty Dancing Havana Nights? Even Dirty Dancing Havana Nights had some stuff going on too. And by the way, Patrick Swayze was in that movie. You've told me. Yeah. You have have mentioned that, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's my defense of of, uh, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. He he wasn't Johnny though, I don't think. He was someone else, I think. Like, did he? Was he aware? That it was a Dirty Dancing movie? Did they tell him after he filmed it? Like, yo, this is actually a Dirty Dancing sequel. <laughs> he was. I think that was right before he passed, too. Um, he still looked good in it, though. But, like, yeah. He, I know he got sick, and, and it was a pretty rapid decline. Mm. I that So I want it to be, you know, inherently political and a very good story, because I think that honors the original film. But they can modernize it, because this one's going to take place in the 1990s. Yeah like aging it in real time in that sense. Um, and my second thing is I really want them to, and this is, this is a hundred percent a story thing. This is just how I would do it. Mm-hmm. So I know I have no control over it, but I want them to have, okay, baby and Johnny did get married. They were together and then he died of like basically the same illness. They can make it even the same illness that Patrick Swayze died of. And create that as part of the narrative that she's like lost her husband and everything like that. I think that would be really great storytelling and it would honor his legacy in that way. Yeah, I agree. And they kind of have continue to continue to raise awareness um, for the, the cancer that, you know, took him as well. I think that'd be a, a very sweet way to do it. You know, I mean, it's great that Jennifer Gray's in there, but yeah, that, that is going to live in the shadow of, yeah. of his absence. So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, and I hope they go that direction, you know. Um, who knows if this is going to be given uh, a big platform, or a large platform, rather, or if it's going to be just a cash-in. But I hope it's the former, and they actually do put a lot of effort into it and, you know, implemented these ideas that you're speaking about. I'm glad that you've got ideas about this. I feel like you've thought about this before. Like, how cool would it be? If we caught up. Well, remember, they made they made a remake of it. Oh, that's right. And they changed the ending in the remake. Yeah. And it yeah. was fucking terrible. I never watched it. I just read about it. It was enough. It was enough. Mm. They made it because La La Land was really popular at the time. They just took the ending from La La Land and uh, made it the ending for Dirty Dancing. What the mm. fuck is that? Um, so, it ain't right. Yeah. That's what it is. It ain't right. It ain't right. So, yeah, I have thought about it. I have thought about, like, what would I do in that type of writing situation? So, basically, what I'm saying is I will write the Dirty Dancing sequel. Yeah. If they want me to, I will do it. Um, <laughs> it will be dirty. It will have dancing. Yeah, as advertised. It will also have depth and heart. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I say let you do it. I mean, what's the harm, you know? What is the actual harm? You've got yeah, Jennifer I Grey. Mean, I, I would argue a lot of harm could be done, but <laughs> I'm fine with it. I've accepted it. Hey, look, I at least want to get you at the table. I want to get you in the writing room yeah. so you know you can throw that in there. Let them hear what you have to say. And if they shoot it down and that movie flops, that's on them. But at least you had your say. Yep, absolutely. That's right. Listen up. What if it was like the Key and Peele Gremlins 2 <laughs> sketch? <laughs> and I was like, I want everyone throwing out their ideas. 
electricity gremlin stop i love it <laughs> going in the movie <laughs> oh man all right so there you go that's happening um a, a small addendum to a story <laughs> a part of a story that we brought up last week about paramount plus is doing great i yeah. thought it was all star trek and, you know, we, we also posited the idea that, oh, they've got all the SpongeBob there, too, and, and various other Nickelodeon yeah. projects. So could be that. No, apparently Paramount Plus says that Halo is a huge global hit. So there are people watching Halo, just not anybody we know. I was going to say, I don't know a single person who watches <laughs> Halo. Bradley right. and I are still playing through all of the Halo games because... There's so many of them and it takes forever and we don't we don't get to play that often. But like and and we we literally have not seen that show. Both of us were like, eh, eh, it didn't look that great. So not only do they name drop Halo uh, as a as a continued run of successful content, but they also threw out 1883 and Star Trek Picard specifically. So it says that the streaming service has already greenlit Halo for a second season before well, he even had a series premiere. That's how high they were on this. I'm sorry, it hasn't even premiered? Then how is it a hit? Well, no, that was a, a kind of semi-related thing. You know. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, now, it says that the the Halo series is produced by Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television, so that that's kind of cool. It also yeah. says that it features Charlie Murphy, and I thought Charlie Murphy passed away. That's weird. He did. Maybe this was filmed before he he, he went, but Let's look up. Oh yeah, that's that's really strange. Maybe there's another actor called Charlie Murphy or something. Not Charlie Munger, Jesus. <laughs> Charlie Munger. Charlie Murphy. Why did I type he in? He died Google? in 2017. That can't be the same Charlie Murphy. No. Can't be the same person. No. Char- oh, I'm sorry. Charlie Murphy is an actress, an Irish actress. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's quite a different Charlie Murphy. Yeah. So like, I guess the only reason she's allowed to have that name is because she's a different uh, gender. Yeah. Because yeah. usually Hollywood, they don't let you do that when you join the Screen Actors Guild and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So that answers that question. Um, what if it was the ghost of Charlie Murphy? That'd be really weird. What if he was Cortana? Either that or whoever was just, oh my God, not Cortana. <laughs> no, he, somebody was typing up that press release and just had Charlie Murphy on the brain. And it's like, Charlie Murphy's in this. And it's like, wait a minute. I 100% would watch Charlie Murphy as Cortana. I think that would be a fitting tribute to him. Can we get some archive footage and just make him Cortana? <laughs> Listen up, Chief. You gotta yeah. go and do this thing, all right, man. Look. Yeah. Oh God, so good. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I've never seen it. I'm kind. Of, I'm also not surprised. Like I imagine that would be. Yeah, the fact that it's like an international hit or whatever also makes sense. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because the video game is so popular. It is a popular game. People have heard of it, but apparently it's people are also like, watching it. Yeah, and it's kind of like those like action movies that you're like, oh, that was a hit, and you're like, well, it was kind of a hit here, but it was really a hit in like China or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. It's almost like that Super Mario Brothers cartoon that came out on Saturday mornings, and how a lot of the stuff in that cartoon was heavily inspired by the Super Mario Brothers two game, specifically the United States version of it. Mm-hmm. 
so much so that any kid watching that cartoon would have thought that the the Super Mario US version was just what it's all about. Like this is Mario lore now, you know. Outside of King Koopa, it's got all these enemies from this game. So this must be what they're big on right now until the next version came out with the Super Mario Brothers 3. Um yeah, like I thought Super Mario Brothers 2 was a big deal, but apparently it was just for us, you know, Jamokes over here in the states. Yeah. It's yeah. a fascinating story. I don't know if you've ever uh, looked it up or heard anything I've about it. I've heard some stuff about it, but I, I haven't looked at it in detail. No. Yeah. So for the listeners, I'll, I'll give a little bit of the, of the story here. Um, it started out as a game called Doki Doki Panic, which was a tie-in uh, game for a very popular radio station that was having a gaming festival. They They hired Nintendo to create a game for them to promote at this festival. Um, now... Across the world, it turned out that the sequel to Super Mario Brothers, which legitimately was just like a harder version of the original Super Mario Brothers, same graphics, same power-ups and everything, uh, except for like a poison mushroom was added into it, uh, that got into the hands of uh, Howard Phillips here in, in America, who represented the Nintendo branch over here. And he said, this game is awful. It's too hard for American audiences. They're going to throw this away. We need something different. And they decided to reskin Doki Doki Panic as Super Mario Brothers and uh, put all the different sprites in there and shipped it to us to Super Mario Brothers 2. Huge ad campaign. And like I said, at that time, it felt like the biggest game in the world because it was on every channel. The deep right. voice announcer, Super Mario Brothers 2. Mario's back and he's pissed. You know, but it yeah. wasn't really that. It was Mario having a dream, which is a really weird, uh, <laughs> a really weird way to communicate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of Super Mario Brothers too. It was my favorite for a long time until Super Mario Three came out. Then it was like, yes. Yeah, I feel like Three was the one that everyone loved, right? That was the money. Yeah, you could fly. Everybody yeah. wants to fly. So yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't remember anything before like Super Mario World. I think that was the first one I played. Well, that was good too. You can't deny that. Was that. A Super Nintendo, I think. Yes. yes yeah, that was the first one I remember playing. The, the launch game for the Super NES. Great times were had. Yeah. All right. No quick hits this week, but you nah. know we rambled enough to to fill our usual hour. So I hope you folks were entertained. We certainly were. It's always good to catch up with a good friend. So here we are, letting Absolutely. you listen in. Thank you for joining us on our journey, our excellent adventure, if you will, once again. Oh, is that why they call it that? Oh, what if this was like the series finale where we just say the name of the show and then we just like close a book and that's it. But no, we'll be back. In fact, you should follow us on social media to find out all the adventures that we're getting into at Lex of Matt across the board. You can also join us in our exclusive Discord server. How do you do that? Well, if you'd like an invitation to join the party. The most bangingest party you ever did see. Everybody's having a good time in the Discord. You need to sign up for our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. Any tier you sign up, you get access to that Discord server. And we would love to have you because, you know, we're very active in there. Yeah. Yeah. We just love we just love hearing from you. We love communicating. We That's love complaining right. about Avatar trailers. <laughs> together as a family <laughs> that's what families family. do we complain about avatar trailers and we complain that justin lynn left us behind 
Family. Family. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I am family. I am Groot. We are Groot. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening, folks. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Bye.